welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Okay, well, you may be seated. Thanks for having me tonight. This is great. Um, yeah, when Tone asked what's in, what was in my heart to share tonight uh, as a one-hit wonder type of message, uh, I had a thought about it, you know, I got before God and I thought, God, what would you have uh, for us tonight? And um, I just want to start by reminding us that we have an amazing God who calls us some pretty amazing things. I mean, after all, he's dad. And which, what, what good dad does not have some really cool names for his children? I know I do. They're my heroes. They're my prince and princesses. I've got three beautiful daughters. Uh, one of them, she's my little, my little angel voice because she sings all the time. And I think she sounds awesome. I love her voice. My other one, she's my little, my little honey bunny because she loves, she loves rabbits. And uh, she's just so cute as well. She's so little. So she's my little honey bunny. And I've got another one. I call him a little contract killer. Um, she's so cute. And if you've ever looked after her, you know, you know why I call her that. Uh, you probably have the bruises and the scars to prove it. Uh, she's, she's two years old and she loves beating people up. I don't know. But, but, yeah, but unlike me, God actually does call us some really special names. I mean, can you believe that the God of the universe calls us sons and daughters? How good is that? The God of the universe has adopted us into his family and he calls you and I his sons and daughters. I think that's amazing. He calls us his flaming arrows, his oaks of righteousness. He's got incredible, incredible names for us that he loves to call us and, um, and dote on us. I think, I think it's wonderful. But there's one, one name that I want to bring to you tonight, just as a reminder. An incredible thing that God calls us. And if you have your Bibles with you tonight, I'm going to ask you to turn to Ephesians 2.10. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen. But I'll just read it to you. It's a very short verse. It's one of my favorite verses. It simply says this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are his workmanship. You and I are his workmanship. The NIV Bible says that this word is also translated from another word that can also mean his masterpieces. His masterpieces. God calls us his masterpiece. I think that's incredible. I think it's incredible for many reasons. And I think the main reason for me why that's incredible is because maybe you're a little bit like me, And you don't often consider yourself a masterpiece. Maybe you don't often see yourself as a masterpiece. I mean, be honest, who here this morning woke up, looked in the mirror and went, oh yeah. There's a few of you. A few self-assured people. But how many many of you looked in the mirror and went, oh yeah, there it is right there. The pinnacle of God's creation. The apex of his creative power right there. Who did a Fonz? Remember Fonz? Because yeah. his, his hair. Hey, come on. Come on. How do you improve on perfection? Yeah, people try. Others do. I don't. But um, I mean, his workmanship, his, his masterpieces. 
God causes that. But like I said, I don't think many of us consider ourselves a masterpiece. I think if we are honest, some of us wake up this morning, looked in the mirror, and we saw, rather than a masterpiece, maybe we saw loneliness, saw bitterness, we saw hurt, disappointments, despair, hope deferred. goes on and on. Maybe you saw what this young man sees. We're about to see just a little scenario that I think is going to resemble what maybe a lot of us struggle with in terms of seeing ourselves as God sees us. I'm going to call into the stage the skit guys, and they're just going to show us something that I think a lot of us will identify with. Let's welcome the skit guys tonight. Enjoy that, anyone? From back there, it sounded like you did. I reckon they deserve just one more clap. All right. That's right. The skit guys keep getting better and better and better. I'm just going to just highlight a few things about what they touched on, because I think it's important that we tease this out in terms of what really is a masterpiece and why God causes his masterpieces. I think that we can look at masterpieces and learn some things about them that we can appropriate into our lives. And one of them is just simply this, that a real masterpiece, a good masterpiece, is planned. And just like a masterpiece is planned, you were planned. This scripture reminds us that for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is amazing. Just like any masterpiece is carefully planned, you and I have been carefully planned. My life begun as a thought. My life begun as an idea in God's mastermind. That is incredible. Before the earth began, before he laid the foundations of this world, my life began as an idea, as a thought in God's incredible mastermind. He decided, Cess, I'm going to create Cess. And he's going to be born in South America. And he's going to have incredible good looks. (laughs) I'm trying that self-assured thing, I don't know. (laughs) And he's going to be able to dance, he's going to be able to sing. And nobody will appreciate him. <laughs> See, what God says happens. He's going to be born in South America and he is going to marry the most beautiful girl on the planet. Everything was decided. I'll tell you, there are no accidents. And just like I was planned before the beginning of time, you two were planned. There are no accidents in God. You are here because of God's foreknowledge and God's planning. You are part of his masterpiece. There are no accidental births. There may be accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. Think about it. We are his masterpiece. My life and your life began as God's amazing plan and amazing thought. I think that's incredible. And as this scripture tells us, our life began in his planning and he also gave us a purpose, an incredible purpose. Every masterpiece has a purpose. The Mona Lisa, I don't know, maybe to confuse people about her smile, I don't know. But people, things like the Statue of David, I mean, it had a purpose to reveal uh, incredible, incredible beauty. The, uh, the Great Wall of China for protection. It had a purpose. You and I also have a purpose. Like the Sistine Chapel, for instance, to reveal God's glory as well. You and I have a purpose. We were planned before the beginning of time with a purpose. And that purpose was to do God's glory. 
to do his incredible good works. That is our purpose. All the things that you do now, which are good, were foreordained. That is amazing. Everything that you can do now, everything that you've done uh, before, everything that you'll do into the future, everything God had planned for you to do. I think that's an incredible thing. You are his masterpiece because you were planned. And I think our response simply needs to be that we seek his will, that we seek him above all else. That's how we can find his plan for our lives. That's how we can find our purpose, to seek him. I think I shared this morning that we can walk in two ways. We can walk in his permissive will, which is where we go and do our own thing, or we can walk in his perfect will, where we seek him for his plans, for his purposes for our lives. And I tell you, if we're going to be the masterpieces that God wants us to be, we want to seek him, realize that we've been planned and planned with a purpose. And the purpose is to simply do good works that he planned for us before the beginning of time. Hence, we are masterpieces. That's why we're masterpieces. And another reason why we are his masterpieces is because, like a good masterpiece, we are being developed. A good masterpiece is developed. You and I are being developed. I love that illustration that the skit guy showed us of God molding us and shaping us and fashioning us. That's what happens. That's what God is doing in our lives right now. Everything that needs to go, God is chiseling away. Like, like Sean showed us, that anger needs to go. That envy needs to go. That lack of self-control, that need, it needs to go. The pride, I'm, I'm sorry son, I love you, but it needs to go. That envy, that desire for approval from others, it needs to go. Everything needs to go. That lust needs to go. Still there. Needs to go. That's what God is doing in our lives. And I think it's, important, it's vitally important that we remember what Sean reminded us of. That we are being chiseled for one reason only. That we are to become just like Jesus. God wants to form us into Jesus. God is more concerned with you becoming like Jesus than your contentment then your success, then your happiness. Your purpose in life is to become just like Jesus. That's why God is molding you. That's why God is shaping you. And that's what we need to remember. When we give our lives to God, it's great. We give our lives to promises of eternal life, of blessing. And I believe in all that and all that is important and part of the package. But you also gave your life to God so that you could become like Jesus. Whether it hurts that's why he'll put you through trials, through situations. That's why he'll remove things from your life. Because he is interested in you becoming just like Jesus. Because that's how you become an incredible masterpiece. And that's how we find our true purpose in life. Knowing that we're being developed. And I think our response simply needs to be just to let God be God. And say, God, whatever needs to go, fashion me, mold me, humble yourself. And you say, God, have your way. And don't try to be something that you're not. Realize who you are and who God wants you to be. Just like a good masterpiece. Can you imagine a masterpiece complaining about who they are or what they are? Can you imagine the Mona Lisa looking at the statue of David going, oh gee, I wish I was a statue. Look at the statue of David. At least it's got legs. What have I got? I'm just standing here with that silly smile on my face. Just in the go, for eternity. Gee, I wish I was a statue of David. 
It's ridiculous. I mean, imagine the statue of David doing the same thing with the Mona Lisa, going, gee, I wish I was the Mona Lisa. Well, at least she's got arms. Look at her. People love her. They would just stare at me. I mean, it's ridiculous, but we do the same when we try to be something that we're not. We are an original masterpiece, and we need to be happy with that. And we say, God, have your way. Whatever you want me to be, whatever you want me to become, I am original. I am planned. Have your way in me and through me. That's what we need to be. That needs to be our response to that, because like a masterpiece, we too are being developed. And I think we should take this as a word, as a picture for all of us, to be part of our daily life and our daily walk. Just to grab that hammer and chisel and just get before God and just say, God, have your way. Take it. Have your way. Do whatever needs to be done in my life. Remove whatever needs to be removed. Despite the pain, irrespective of the circumstance, irrespective of the trial that I may have to go through, have your way. Hand over that chisel and hammer and say, God, I humble myself to your plans and to your purposes. Because I know that I need to become just like Jesus. Like a good masterpiece is developed, you and I are also being developed to become more and more like Jesus. Something else about a masterpiece is that a masterpiece is put on display. And that's why you two are a masterpiece. Isaiah 61.3 says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for display of his splendor. Just like any masterpiece is put on display, God also wants to put you and I on display. I mean, that's what a masterpiece is for. You don't create a masterpiece and hide it. When we have our Blake events here, we have incredible masterpieces. And I don't just mean our homegrown heroes. I'm talking about those great cars and those motorbikes that we put on display. That's why we put them on display because they're meant to be seen. And God wants to do the same with you. You are his masterpiece. Don't hide. He wants to show you off. He wants to show the incredible work of his hands. He wants to show everything he's done in your life. He wants to put you in display. And he wants to do it for one main reason. It's because he wants to be seen through you. That's how the world can come to know him. He wants to reveal himself through you. All the goodness, all the mercy, all the healing, all the freedom, all the grace that you've received through him, that's fantastic. But guess what? That's also for you to show the world so the world may see you and then see him and realize that it it all comes from him. God wants to put you in display so the world can in turn see him. And our response for that simply needs to be that, as the skit guys encouraged us, we need to change the way that we view ourselves. Look, I'm all all for humility. I am. And I know that before God, I'm I'm a wretched sinner. I know that. But we can't just go to that extreme. We've got to look at the Word of God and see how God looks at us. And also understand that He's our Dad. He's our Heavenly Father. He doesn't think of us what we think he thinks of us sometimes, especially when we make mistakes. God sees us as his incredible, incredible, definitely a, a, a work in progress, but his incredible masterpieces, which he wants to put in display. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make any junk. He didn't make you and go, oh, whoops, oh, well, stuff that one up. Better move on to the next one. He didn't. God doesn't make junk. God is only into creating incredible, incredible masterpieces. So just like a good masterpiece is displayed, God also wants to display you.
that the world may look at you and your good works and praise your Heavenly Father. Something else that we can see in a masterpiece is that a masterpiece is bought at a price. A masterpiece is not cheap. It doesn't come cheap. It comes at an incredible, incredible price. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this, You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your body. Just like any masterpiece can only be purchased at a great price, you and I were also bought at an incredible price. Let me give you some examples here of some pretty expensive things. The most expensive painting. It's a painting, it's got a weird name, of course, it's a painting. Uh, it's called Number 5. It was, uh, it, called, it was sold for $140 million. It's pretty expensive. The most expensive car, it's a 1931 Bugatti Royale. Sold for a cool, somebody whistled, somebody knows what that is, so I wouldn't have a clue. But it was... Are you whistling at that, that masterpiece or this masterpiece? What are you, <clears throat> Why are you laughing? I wasn't joking. Anyway. That, that car was sold for a cool $8.4 million. What a masterpiece. One of the most expensive soccer players in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo, is sold for a cool 230 mil. Your salvation and my salvation, the blood and torturous death of God himself. That's an incredible price. And that was a price that your heavenly father was willing to pay for you. That's why when he looks at you, he sees an incredible masterpiece. A masterpiece well worth dying for. A masterpiece well worth paying the ultimate sacrifice for. The masterpiece that allowed him, that caused him to leave the splendor of heaven. To trade his his incredible throne in heaven for a manger. The worship of angels for the insults of man. He gave it all up so that he could pay the most incredible, incredible price. His death, that you may become the incredible masterpiece that he wants you to become. No price was too high. So when God looks at you, he sees an incredible original masterpiece. I think this whole, this whole thing is basically, we need to learn how to see ourselves as God sees us. With a, with a sober judgment, we need to definitely acknowledge the things that we need to acknowledge in our lives. We need to redirect ourselves. We need to readjust our lives. I know that. But we can't, we can't just live there. And tonight, I simply, simply want to remind you that you have an incredible God, an incredible, loving, heavenly Father who calls you some incredible names. Like I said, you are his sons, you are his daughters. Somewhere else it says that you are his saints. You don't have to wait to have been dead for 400 years and then get voted in by a group of people because you did some obscure miracle in the outback. <laughs> the moment that you give your life over to Jesus, his blood cleanses you from all unrighteousness and he views you as his saints. My Bible tells me that my God sings over me songs of salvation. My God loves me so much that not only does he do all these things, but he looks at me and says, 
this, this boy says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause him to grow into a man who's going to somehow resemble my son, Jesus. He won't get there until he meets him face to face. And none of us will get there, but we're all on the same journey. Where God is fashioning you and me more and more into the likeness of his perfect, sinless, loving son. It's an exciting journey. It's a fun journey. It's an awesome journey. There's no greater privilege. There's no greater privilege of having been created by an amazing, lovingly, heavenly father who not only wants to share his glory, his grace, his salvation, and his presence and everything with us, but he also wants to take us exactly how we are and go to work on us to make us just like him. That's why the Bible tells me that one day we will rule and reign in heavenly places alongside Jesus himself. I wonder if, I'm just, just to conclude, I'd just love you to stand up with me tonight. I just want to close in prayer. I love that scripture, Ephesians 2.10. Write it down, own it, read it, make it your own. But I like to play with the word of God sometimes and um, something that helps me here is to sometimes change words. And if we just change one little word here, I think it can have an incredible impact. It can really, really help us to really understand what God is trying to say through this scripture. If we just change the word we for I, I'll just read it to you, see what it sounds like. For I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that your word is good. Your word encourages. Your word, Lord God, takes us from where we are to where we need to be. Father, I thank you so much that you are our loving, heavenly Father that looks down on us and thankfully does not see what we too often see. I thank you, Lord God, that although we may be broken, although we may not be what we need to be right now, although there are things in our lives that need to go, Lord, I thank you so much that when you look at us, they're not the things that you see. You don't ignore them, but they're not the things that you see. When you look at us, you see your children that you love. You see your children that you understand. You see your children that you've put on a journey to become just like you. And Father, tonight we thank you that you are committed to that journey. We thank you that you are committed to that mission of making us into the image of your incredible son, Jesus. Father, with grateful hearts, we come before you tonight. And we say, Lord, have your way in us and through us. Father, we come before you and we say, Lord, whatever the price, whatever the pain, we are willing to pay it. And we ask, Lord God, that indeed you would continue to mold us, to shape us, to chisel us, to do whatever it needs to happen in our lives, that your will may prevail, that you may have your way in us and through us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.